your feelings are valid. And it's time to have that difficult conversation. Are you single and don't give a single fuck what people think about that? Enter into a truly rewarding relationship with someone who fits like a glove, you. This is a day in the life of happily single. Welcome to Day in the Life of Happily Single. I am your happily single host, Brooke Bevan. Today's topic is having those difficult conversations with family, friends, and work. Your feelings on how you are treated are valid. And it's about prepping so that you can get your point across without having to walk on eggshells for the rest of your life. I was very fortunate. I didn't have to walk on eggshells with my family. My parents are really open. Your life is your life is how they put it. When I told them that I wanted to stay single and not have kids, I was super fortunate to have them support that wholeheartedly. But I know there's a lot of people out there who don't get that support. Today's whole episode is about having those difficult conversations and how to have them go the way you want them to go. Because people don't know unless you talk about it. The first one I want to talk about is the family. How do you have that conversation? Your mom is excited that you're going to have grandkids or that big wedding and you just don't want it. And that's okay. But you are going to crush maybe your mom and dad's or whoever is in your circle. You're going to end up crushing some of those dreams. But we're going to lessen the blow by being prepared and Being prepared saves a lot of heartache in the long run. Before you sit down and start this conversation with whoever it is, if it's your mom or your dad, your grandparents, or whoever raised you, have a goal in mind. What do you want that outcome to be? Then we're going to work backwards from there. Try to keep as much in a positive mindset as possible. I know it can be difficult. We're going to try to keep this super, super positive. The first thing you want to do is figure out how you're going to talk about it. This is going to be a lot of I feel moment. I see myself. I, I, you're going to see a lot of that in this conversation. Map out how you want this conversation to go. Once you have those talking points, feel free to practice. It does make it easier when you come off with confidence. Nervousness is okay, but being confident about who you are is going to be the selling point to whoever you're speaking to. You also want to set the time and place. It sets the importance of the conversation that you're about to have. And set a time limit. Set yourself, I'm going to talk to this person for 30 minutes at max. And that way it gives you a time frame to work in because some conversations can take a long time and then you ended up talking yourself into a circle. If you give yourself a time limit, then you're not going to talk yourself into that circle by accident. And set ground rules. When you sit down with this person in the place time that you want to do it, ask them and remember, watch your language because we're trying to get people on board and not push them away. Language is really powerful here. Just be very mature about it and go, I need to have a very serious conversation with you and I'm going to need you to let me talk. And at the end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk, but you need to not interrupt me, please. If the person who you're talking to respects and loves you, they're going to give you that. If they don't respect and love you, this conversation is going to be a lot harder to have just because they're not going to give you that opportunity to talk. That is really difficult when you have that person who doesn't respect you or see you or give you that time and space that you need. And that's a whole different conversation is do you really need this person in your daily life? I know that can be really hard, especially if it's a family member, but you have rights to not be miserable all the time, to set your boundaries and for them to follow that. If they can't follow, that is really on 
them. You need to put your health ahead of their rudeness is the word I'm going to use. So you're, we're going to set some ground rules. Let me talk. Please don't interrupt. Let me go through this. Then you're going to really watch your language. Again, we're trying to convince somebody who has a different idea than us to be on board what's best for us. You're going, hey, mom, I have made a decision in my life that I do not want to get married. I don't want to have kids. I am planning my life around staying single. I know that you were looking forward to having grandkids and me getting married, but that is not what I want out of my life. I have a goal of where you want your life to go. That really helps too. This is what I want out of my life. And this is what I'm doing to achieve it. Now you've given them something else to think about because now it shows that you've planned your life in a certain way that didn't include being married or had, having kids. When you're done talking, give them an opportunity to talk as well. You need to stay silent, not interrupt them as well. Let them have their moment. They've given you the, giving you your moment. Now give them their moment. And you just want to listen to their concerns. Some of the concerns are, I'm scared that you're going to be lonely. I'm scared that you're not going to have anyone to take care of you. I'm scared that something bad's going to happen. And having pre-answers for these in your head already, you've already thought out the objections to you wanting to stay single and not have kids. It allows you to let them speak and then allows you to respond. Bond. Well, you're worried that I'm going to be lonely. That's okay. I have a really good friends group. They support me. We do activities together. I am part of these clubs that I'm getting my social interactions through. I am planning my finances in such a way as I age that I'm taking care of. I'll be here and here so you don't have to worry about me being alone. That's just a way to alleviate their fears. There might be some anger from that person that you're speaking to. Again, I'm talking parents here because maybe they were hoping for grandchildren and you don't want to have kids. That's a really difficult conversation on its own just because our society wants us to procreate. And some parents, the label of grandparent is very important. If you're lucky, you get siblings who have traditional views. They get married, they have kids, your, your parents will be fine. But if you are the only one, that's your only child and they're expecting grandkids, that can be a really devastating thing for a person who wants to be a grandparent. You have to be really respectful of that feeling, even though you're like, this is my life. I'm going to do what I want. Those feelings go very deep in people who want grandkids. So being very respectful and listening to them, but stand your ground and just keep having that dialogue. At some point, they will come around and accept that this isn't going to be part of your life. The next is what if they say something to you that angers or upsets you? This is a really hard one. We are all emotional beings, but sometimes we have to detach just a tiny bit. Take a step back from what you just heard and actually analyze it. Are they saying it to be mean? Are they saying it out of anger or are they just upset about the situation? You're going to use that I statement a lot. I feel, I think, and you're going to own that moment. It's like, I understand that you're really upset about this or this upsets you, but I feel that this is best for me. Sometimes it's just, it's not going to happen. Like the cross communication, it's just not working. A good one to say is, I understand. I am having a hard time understanding it from your viewpoint, but I do need you to respect my choice. It's difficult, especially if you're not someone who likes confrontation. It can be very difficult. I am fortunate that I can have difficult conversations because I'm one of those, let's just rip the bandaid off for people. Honestly, I'd rather get it over with and deal with it than let it stew. Don't let it stew because that's taking time and energy from your life, putting it somewhere that's a, a negative, that's swaying on your body and then wrap it up. So you gave yourself a 30 minute time limit, wrap it up and move on. It might take some time 
for the situation to digest on the other side. So give them that. But remember, set your boundaries and stick to them because boundaries are really healthy to have. If the other person isn't going to respect those boundaries whatsoever, then that's a relationship you really need to think about. And it's a tough one. That's why it makes it a difficult conversation. The other side of having difficult conversation is, especially with family, is talking about moving out of your house into a retirement home or having to move somebody who is single that you love into a retirement home. You're going to have to be really super respectful about that. And again, watch your language. It is that person's life and it can be really difficult to know that you have the best interests at heart, but it is their choice. And you have to respect that choice, even if you think it's wrong, because they're probably thinking you're wrong. It's all about respecting each other. If someone you want them to move into a home for retirement, you're going to have to see what their objections are and then find counters to that objections in a respectful enough way that you're not getting them the fight you. Being open and being very watchful of your language and how you're speaking to them. Tone is really important. Sometimes we can be tone deaf. We're we're trying to get our purpose across, but we don't know how the other person's actually perceiving us. Just keep having those conversations and maybe chip it away a little by little. But that's a really good conversation to have fairly early, especially for moving people out of their homes is have that conversation early and have a plan in place because plans, again, take all the stress off things that happen later. The next one we're going to go to is having those difficult conversations with friends. For the most part, I'm hoping you're comfortable with your friends to go, hey, time out. Can you stop trying to set me up on dates. I am very happily single. This is the life I want to live. It's almost identical to having that conversation with your family because your friends are kind of your family. If you think about it, these are your your choice people. These are the people that you brought into your life to better yourself. Again, if they're not respecting your boundaries, this is something you think, is this person actually a good friend? And do I really need them in my life? When you set boundaries, you will lose friends. Your real friends will accept the boundary and be happy for you. But a fake friend will get really upset with you and you will have to make a decision if you want to keep them in your life or not. When you start having true friends, these conversations become really easy because there's really no barriers between you. And that's just really nice. The hardest one we're going to talk about here is the work conversation. I wish I had actually done this in a respectful manner when I was an employee. Everyone, if you've listened to my previous episodes, I was a horrible employee. I'll put that out there. I really was. But thinking back on it now, these are things I should have done especially at work when I had work partners who were married with kids and I was single. There was a lot of stress to be a team player and pick up a lot of the slack. But when you're doing it all the time, it gets to be too much. But having this difficult conversation with your coworker, your boss, your supervisor, whoever it is, this is the toughest one because it's work. The first thing you got to think out is you actually have to plan the conversation just like we did for the family and friends. You have to plan out what you want to say. You have to have your main talking points. You have to think about what are the objections and how to counter them. And you need to be really direct and very specific. When you're not specific, it just sounds like you're whining. And that's the worst part is that you have genuine feelings, but they see you as whining. Be very direct and very specific. When so-and-so does not show up for work because of a situation with their family, and I'm asked to pick up the slack, like on Friday when so-and-so's kid was sick, I had to do not only my job, which was this, this, and this, but I had to do their job as well, which was this, this, and this. And I couldn't do both because I didn't have enough time. And then you were upset at me because I didn't have enough time. But here is the solution I think would better suit is have somebody who's on call to come in and fill in for that person or don't do their work. I just do my work and then they can do their work when they come in. But you need to have a solution. You know what I mean? If you have a problem, you need to have a solution to work with or you don't get taken seriously 
comes off as whining in the workplace. You have to watch your language. I know some days that can be hard. I get it. I totally get it. But you're trying to get this person on board with your ideas. So you have to work with them in a positive, non-confrontational language. It, not like you have to do this, but I am feeling this. This is my situation. I need help. You need to make it not confrontational and not blaming. The blaming is a really hard one because it's like, it's not my fault. You keep piling me with extra work when my coworker doesn't show up. Please stop. You can't be confrontational. It just gets everybody fighting and nothing gets situated. Then you get seen as a troublemaker. It's horrible, but it works. The next hardest one is because we are emotional beings managing your emotion. For a lot of people, this is really hard, but you need to step back and look at it from a logical point of view. What's going to win you this argument is, is the logic, not the emotion. Because a lot of bosses out there don't give a shit about your feelings. But if you can break it down in a logical manner for them and make it so it makes sense, it's hard to say no to. And I hate this word, it's be empathetic. No one's being empathetic for your situation, but you're expected to be empathetic for others. So if you have to play the card as, oh, I understand. I understand that their kids need them, blah, 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 whatever it is, fake it until you make it. Because honestly, they're, especially when kids are involved, if you're negative towards kids, you're like the serious bad guy at any workplace. So fake it until you make it kind of thing. Say what you need to say and try to be even fake empathetic. Even if you're in your head going, I fucking hate kids. Why do I have to deal with the shit when your kids don't, when you're having issues with your kids or your spouse? Why do I have to deal with your crap? Even if you're saying that in your head, don't say it out loud. There's a lot of things I say in my head that I don't say out loud, but I really, really want to. It's all strategic. Then at the end, again, allow for questions. Be ready prep your answers a little bit, expect some pushback, especially in the questions. So stop. Don't automatically respond to the question. Stop and actually think about it. They said this. How am I going to counter it so that they have to see it from my point of view? Take your time in the conversation. Ask for it as a legit meeting. Just don't knock in your boss's door and go, hey, we need to chat. No, I want to sit down and have a meeting with you. Can we do that? And do it in the most professional way you can, because the more professional you are, the harder it is for them to blame you for things. And especially in a situation, family and kids and stuff are involved. Difficult conversations they're difficult, no matter which way you look at it. But you have to think, would you rather just rip the bandaid off and deal with it and move on? Just have that relief that it's been dealt with? Or if you put it off too long, are you making yourself worried and sick and anxious and just miserable for a longer period of time? Why would you do that to yourself? It takes a little bit of courage. And courage does not mean that you're not scared to do it or nervous to do it. It means that even though you are scared or nervous, you're doing it anyway. You're going to find that when you find that little bit of courage, to stand up for yourself and to have those difficult conversations and say, these are my boundaries. You're going to feel better. Stick to your boundaries, people. Stick to your boundaries. But it, you're going to feel better. That's the, like a, taking control of your life. That is the best we can do. You are going to find people who don't respect your boundaries. They are everywhere and they don't care about you, but you need to care about you. Have those difficult conversations. Watch your language. Be positive. Take control of your life. I will see you guys in the next episode of Day in the Life of Happily Single. Even though she's happily single, Brooke is also happily aware of all her listeners. Thank you for tuning in. And if you have a subject or question you would like to hear talked about on the show, please comment below. Stay safe, stay sassy, stay single, and stay tuned in to more episodes of A Day in the Life of Happily Single. 